it is good to see each of you. We've just come off a really busy weekend. The space between us, as you know, for three weeks, uh, working on helping us to just kind of keep that space small. Because in our world, as we know, nations are separate, people are separate, lives are separate, brokenness happens, and so we have this wonderful assessment that helps that space to get smaller. We had our first group. The next two groups are filled already, but we're going to open a daytime one uh, in a couple weeks for those that aren't going out at night. And probably in January, we're going to start some more of these because it's really important. And I just had a great time with the 35 people Friday night, Saturday night, Janine was there. Why did I bring this beach glass thing today? Well, I'm going to be talking about the space between us, but that has an impact with it. And Janine's wearing, and I didn't ask her to wear this, but she's wearing a beautiful blue piece of beach glass that we found in the weeds in Sandy Hook, right by the water. Somebody threw that out 150 years ago, probably. And they had no idea that Janine would find that between a bunch of weeds in the sand, and she'd make it into a piece of jewelry, and she's wearing it around her neck. And what that reminds me of is something that is very true about our lives, and it's this, that we have impact long after we are going in a different way. And that impact, the person who threw that out 150 years ago, as a broken piece of glass off a boat off Sandy Hook in Atlantic Highlands, had no idea the beauty it would have and that someone is living with that today. And so in our lives, we want to remember that we have impact and long after we're gone, there will be people, because of the relationships that we build today, who can carry some of the values, the character, and the things that are important into the next generations. So that's why on this day, I wanted to, in this talk we have together, to look a little bit about the space between us and to talk about something that's happening in our world. And maybe you can relate with it, but it's something that caught my attention I have a title here, but the title doesn't mean a huge amount, and that is Director of Spiritual Formation. So somewhere I'm involved with one thing that's great. It's caring about each life and making progress on your journey. And I'm just a guy in that journey as well, broken, sharp places in my life that have to get smoothed out, just like every one of us. But in that journey, I'm just Dave. And so I want to talk about, for a moment, about things that I've been seeing. I was a kid. I grew up, as I mentioned, by the shore, broken kind of stuff, broken family. Uh, mom was an alcoholic, sharp cracks, could easily have gotten thrown out in life. But somebody was there. This, this great God was there and brought me right where he wanted me to be and smooths me out, just like he's smoothing every one of us out with the potential of going forward. But something's happening in our country. And I want to talk a little bit about it because it's kind of a mystery, but it's very, very real. And that is that as more that we are connected with so many devices and computers in our world, it seems that we as a civilization seem to be drifting further and further apart. Polarization in marriages. Polarization among generations, polarization among ethnicities, polarization between, you call it, and it's there. Some statistics that were kind of shocking to me, and that is the average person, the average adult in America has one close friend. 
The average person in America has one in four, rather, have absolutely not one friend or a confident to really connect or speak with. One in four have no confidence at all. 75% of even that group is not even satisfied with the level of friendship they're experiencing, I presume, with that one person. Now, that's not to have us take a look at our friendship and toss that one away. It's just saying there is a huge, empty place within our soul. 40%, 40%, that's 10% away from 50, which means every other one of us here today, 40% of adults responded and said that they deal with loneliness on a regular basis. I have coffee in the morning on a regular basis. That's what a regular basis is. 40% on a regular basis experience a sense of loneliness that is not transient but is real. 1983, someone wrote a book called The Friendless American Male. That's like ancient history now, 83. And you know something? It hasn't gotten any better. It's really, literally gotten worse. So here today, maybe 40% of us, and sometimes the older we get, the more loneliness we experience. Because people are gone and we're separated from our families and kids or all sorts of things that concur within that, but it has a huge impact on our lives. Statistics say that loneliness is alleged to have the same impact on our life as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. And we quit smoking, but we're lonely and it has a physiological impact. That's the cost of loneliness. 15 cigarettes a day. It is a risk factor that medical people say rivals excessive drinking or obesity. This is serious stuff we're talking about. And then I ask myself, how can we who live in the most populous, densely populated state in America, Jersey, have anything to do with loneliness? It doesn't make sense. We talked last time that in New Jersey, each of us gets a certain amount of space. If you divide how many people we have by how much space in New Jersey, we don't really have a lot of space, maybe the size of the space per person. So why are we so lonely? I can look to your soul today. I can almost see it in all of our eyes. Our society is not traveling towards connectedness and community. When Jesus called us friends, it's so easy to forget what friendship is even all about. Why? 40% dealing with this on a regular basis. Zipia concluded that our state, and who wants to be number two or three if we live in New Jersey, Zipia recently concluded that our state is now the number one stressed out state in America. Yeah, that's pretty significant. That gives us 50 other states. We're number one. Jets aren't number one. Giants aren't number one. Yankees may get there. Mets have another day to live. But number one and stressed out. Why, why are we so stressed out? Well, we know the reasons. Why are we stressed out? We're stressed out because we're hugely populated. We're stressed out because we have long commutes. We're stressed out because we have no time. We're stressed out because we're stressed out. And that equals little or no time for this huge thing in life, which is really friendship. I ask myself today, I ask us, do we really have one person 
outside our family, a guy, gal, who we can talk about with life. And we think we don't need it, but actually we're smoking 15 cigarettes a day. This is why down the road, I can't do it now, I want to start a, a fire pit and have just invite guys and you can just come on out and when, what talks about at the fire pit stays at the fire pit. I don't want to, you know, it's like that's probably a better thing for the guys, but I don't want to leave the gals out, so we'll figure that out. I can't do it this fall, but probably by the spring, cause, and I think it's going to be a place we're going to really love because we need that kind of community. We need that kind of sit down at the campfire and talk real life. Can I ask you, do you have a person? It's hard. We don't have time. We're so busy. We've got long commutes. And, but in our soul, we feel this incredible loneliness. Gen Z. I'm just used to Gen X, Gen Y. Now Gen Z, 18 to 22-year-olds. They're here. They're our kids, maybe our grandkids. They're the people we go to school with. 18 to 22-year-olds feel loneliness at record numbers, maybe even more than seniors moving on to their 70s plus. They say 68% of 18 to 22-year-olds stay, quote, no one, no one, no one knows me at all. A thousand friends liking you on Facebook or Instagram. But nobody knows me. Someone wrote a book. It's online. It's free. It's small. It's called Untethered. It basically says while we're tethered into everything with wires everywhere, the concept of untethered means my primary relationships poof, got plugged, got unplugged. Maybe my job changed, my state changed, my life changed, my friendships changed. And it's like someone pulled all the plugs out on these devices called friendship. And I'm untethered. And it's a call to become tethered, to become what humanity is all about, to what Jesus said when he classically said, I call you friends. And so in this, we say to ourselves, and as a doctor, Dr. Kuhler said, it is a great paradox of our hyper-connected digital age that it seems to be helping us or being with us, we seem to be drifting apart. How can we be so connected? News around the world in five minutes, and yet we're drifting in our humanity, sometimes apart. 1624, a guy named John Donne said this, no man, and I'm going to translate that, that was 17th century language, translate today, no person, no man, no woman is an island. But today, in 2002, Hugh Grant just made this statement, all men, or all men and women, or all people, are islands. This is an island age. Wow, that's significant. This is why we do the space between us. Marriages, families, kids, ethnicities, business, status, whatever that is, the space between us seems to be expanding 
no matter how connected we apparently are. This is why the space between us. I'd like to just take a moment and, and just in my kind of older years than a lot of us just talk about what are some things that maybe I've learned a little bit, hopefully I'm still learning, that I could kind of pass on. And, and these would be kind of my things that if you could take it, take it. If not, don't take it. But it goes, it goes something like this. I really don't think we can do this alone. I really don't think we can do this alone. There's too much, too much stuff out there. Too many things that can rip the very fabric of our soul apart. So much that wants to rip the very soul apart. And I try to do it alone. But if I was just gut level honest today, I know I can't do it. I need people. Neuroscientists will tell us that even in our DNA, as we were made, we were created with the need to be in community. And they expect to find those genes that are specifically on our DNA threads that point to that sense of connectedness that we need. The baby, when it first comes out, needs the connection of human beings. And we really don't change. We just live in a very different culture where finding a friend is something that intentionally has to take place. We can't do this alone. I don't think our marriages can do it alone. I think for Janine and I, we, we had people, we had other marriages around that, that when we were younger, that they were just there. If someone was having a hard time, someone was there. We all went through our hard times together. Someone was there. We could talk. And I think if we looked back, we could say that was a beautiful thing that helped us to understand and passed on like that beach glass that we hang around. An older couple or somebody with some wisdom who can sit there and say, here, this is the way it is. And you wear what they taught you around your neck because they gave you something you could live with. That's what mentoring is about. That's what coaching's about. Somebody invests in our lives. And as they invest in our lives, we wear some of the stuff that they have. That's why it's so important. That's why I'm on this, because I think it is so vitally important. I don't think we can do this alone. You know, I, I hear people from time to time, they go through life tragedies. We're all going to go through life tragedies. But I always hear people kind of say this, because I've been around a lot of that stuff, as you can imagine. They say to me, you know, I don't know what I would do if I didn't have a community. You don't think about it when everything's going good. Football team's winning. Life seems pretty gravy good. But then when something happens and you look around and it's like, who's there? And so that's the key thing that I think I bring away, that it's really hard. It's almost impossible. You can do it. But I don't think we're ever built to do this alone. The second thing I notice is that uh, I really believe we need a friend. I know I said this. My wife's my best friend. No question. Best friend. That's what led us into marriage. Yeah, I was in love with her. She's gorgeous. She's great. I don't think I could have survived without her. But she was my friend. And we looked at what friendship was all about. And yet I realized that as a guy, I need some guys in my life too. I need a friend who's a guy. So we can bat around stuff. Learn to be better human beings, whatever. 
being able to share what's really going on rather than what we want to talk about because we want to impress the next person, whatever we want to do. Put our resume together and all that kind of stuff. That's all good, but when something's going on in your life, you really need a person. You need a human being. You need another person. Ladies, the same. And so my heart, if I could, if I could somehow share the biggest thing in my life to you as an encouragement, I would encourage every guy in this community to find a friend. I would encourage every woman in this community to find a friend. One of the things that we love to do is start these things, we call them small groups or mentoring groups. Guys, gals, together, guys, gals, all sorts of different settings, meet every other week, but you build community there. And so some of these have gone on for years. I know small groups have gone on for 20 years. They've gone through life seasons together. But you know something beautiful about it? They've gone through an experience together because they're not alone and they don't see themselves alone. And so that's the second thing I've learned. Third thing is I think we need to reach out rather than wait for someone to find us. You know, in a church that's pretty packed, a community that's pretty packed, Sometimes we come in, we go out, we try to find a parking spot. That's not always easy. Hit the cafe because the cafe's awesome, is it not? But you go there and, and you see people, maybe you don't even know their names. Say, so how do I start to build a friendship? Take a risk. You meet someone, you chat a little bit. Say, hey, let's get together for coffee. There are people in this room today. I can't do it with everyone, but there are people in this room today that I really want to have coffee with. Because I see them as a friend, and I need that in my life. So wait, not wait, reach out, take a risk. Number four, the community or church really is kind of a cool, amazing place if we let it. And uh, involvement in people's lives and having them involved, I found for myself, is like a huge catalyst to, to development. You know, it's like this beach glass stuff. It gets rubbed here, there, and that way, and it comes out pretty cool. And in the same way in life, you know, maybe I'm just selfish in this, but I'm a guy that I don't like to just dump into potholes just to have fun. You know, if there's a ditch, I don't want to go in it. And I think one of the reasons that I, I look for people that are a little mature and have impact on my life is because, hey, if I can avoid one ditch, I'm a happier camper. And so you learn, you learn from the people that you bring around your life. And so these people that you bring around your life are important. And so this community is a place that continues to grow. And you know what you do with this? This community, this thing with, with our, our guests, that's a powerful piece. Those are guests in our community for a reason. And being involved with that together is impact on our state, on families, on little kids, and across our nation. Because just sitting back and letting everything flow by itself doesn't change a whole lot. But this whole thing of, of Jesus coming and calling people friends and loving them basically changes the community, changed Israel, changed us because we're here today with a similar message. And then five, the fifth one is, is kind of really simple. I, I think God likes this stuff when we're together. Not because he doesn't have anything else to do. But Jesus kind of said this. Or two or three are gathered in my name. There I am. 
He's with us wherever we are. But he says, hey, there's something really cool when two of you get together in three. He says, guess what? I, I'm kind of sitting at the table. You know, you can't see me, but you'll find that I'm really walking with your life in kind of special ways. Then he kind of said this, if two or three agrees to anything, he said it'll be done. Maybe it's so rare that two can agree on anything that it's wacky enough that Jesus I'm on that. But he said that. He goes, there's some serious stuff about this number two. You know, the good book says this, one can put 1,000 to flight, but two can put 10,000 to flight. I like the math on that. If you're in the financial industry, you're going to like the math on that. One puts 1,000 to flight, two put 10,000 to flight. Something happens in that synergy of two people together as a team, and it launches from there. So all around this, you see this continual message of together. We can try to do it ourselves. But I want to encourage you to sit down and take a look and try to develop some of these friendships. And here's some words on it that, that I think this forms some of the basis of why, why Janine and I do what we do. It's right up here. I don't think it's self, which it probably is, but I like seeing God do cool stuff. Anybody else? I like seeing the beach glass come back so cool. I like, I, hear, I like hearing God's stories. So I like being with people. But this is what he said. This is what the book says. This is what Paul says. And in him, him, it's Jesus, you too, I'm involved, you are too, we're all two, you too are being built. It's not past tense. It's not future tense. It's present tense. Which means somehow, even when I don't see it, I'm being built, built what? Built up to become a dwelling. That's where we live, is a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So I think something happens in a community that is living life together and doing journey together and developing deeper relationships together. It's kind of like, and God's kind of a guy who, somebody in, in, in N.A. told me this. I think it's the most theologically astute thing I've heard in 30 years. This guy said to me, I follow a higher power, call him God, Jesus. I follow a higher power who makes miracles look like coincidences and then runs around telling people, don't tell anyone I did this. That's pretty chill. That's not going through Times Square and announcing, here I am. It means I do things so subtly that you can almost miss it. And so while we're getting built up in community, cool things start to happen because he likes to be there, bricks. Here's the next verse on that. 2 Peter 2, 5, almost done here. And you also, like living stones, are being built together. Same thing. You also, like living stones, you're alive. I'm alive. The person who threw that piece of glass out on Janine's neck, he's not alive or she's not alive. But she carries what somebody else threw and it got beautiful. And in that same way, down the road, people will be carrying the impact that we could have on them, changing the world person by person. So we, like living stones, while we're alive, are being built together to become a house. Most of us live in houses or apartments. To be a holy priesthood. And you didn't know your uncle wanted you to be a priest, but look here, we're all together in the same place on this. 
We're all priests of the living God, offering spiritual sacrifices, which I think could be as much as a smile or a handshake to a lonely person, acceptable to God through Christ. So I'm getting built up. It's a bunch of living stones. We had our chimney fixed this year because our chimney was ready to go over. There was one brick on top. It was ready to topple, and it was like bad news. And somebody came and fixed it. And, and I noticed I'm a simple guy. That there's two kinds of bricks in the world. Greg would probably tell me there's a few more. But, but in the bricks, in my simple world, Greg, there's like bricks that are there at the brickyard. And there are bricks, maybe there's three bricks you can throw, but you would never do that. But there are also bricks that, that wind up together actually building something like a house or a chimney. Well, what's the difference between that? These bricks are loose, the space between us, and these bricks are together because someone fashioned them together like that. So somebody crawled up on the top of our chimney, precariously took these individual bricks, plop, 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 and I never heard one brick criticize where they wanted to stay. I don't want to be on the fifth row. I want to be on the crown. I want to be this. You know, we can't always decide the bricks we want to be with, with each other. We can do a little bit of that. But in the space between us, we find out we're all different kinds of bricks. Tall bricks, small bricks, national difference bricks, bricks this way, bricks that way, bricks that may not always agree on a whole lot of stuff. But you put those bricks together, and suddenly you have a house and you have a dwelling. I think in our world today, so many of the bricks are coming off the building and they're getting thrown out as individuals because we're drifting away from each other. So this is what I noticed as I woke up this morning. All of these thoughts came to me and I close with this. Love one another. How do I love one another if I don't have another? I love my dog, I love my cat. But how do I love one another if I don't have another? Bear with one another. Sometimes we're bears with one another, but how do I bear with one another if I don't have another? Pray for one another. How do I pray for somebody if I don't know anybody? I don't get the cool stories. Encourage one another. How do I encourage somebody if I don't know anybody? Be connected with one another. How do I be connected if I'm not connected? Be in one mind with one another. How do I do that with all the differences and yet overcome them and show the society that we can do this? How do we greet one another if we don't have another? How do we serve one another if there's no one to serve? How do we be kind to one another if there's no one to be kind to? How do I yield to one another if I have no one who's got a different or a better idea? How do I forgive one another if I don't have another? The last one, how do I offer hospitality to the wind? It's tough, I know it. We're more connected, but we're drifting. Can I call us? and myself to just this week, this day take a step to lessen the space between us and hopefully then to lessen the space in our nation and our